This episode of the Best Seats Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. To learn how you can support the show, go to thebestseats.com slash Patreon. Once there, you'll learn how you can get early access to shows, ad-free listening, the ability to submit questions, comments, concerns, and more. Once again, that's thebestseats.com slash Patreon. But enough of that. On to the show. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to the first ever episode 21 of the Best Seats Podcast. I'm your host, Crawford McCarthy, founder of The Best Seats. Thank you, as always, to Allie Coyle for providing the music for the episodes. You can find her at AllieCoyleMusic.com or locally, if you're here in Southern California, at any of her family three restaurants, Dublin Four, Wine Works for Everyone, and Fable and Spirit. And depending on when you're listening to this, Definitely go see them soon because they just got a bunch of great new natural wines in and wines in general, and we could all use a drink because once again, it's a COVID-19 shutdown episode. Pretty much we are shut to outdoor dining only. People are still keeping their distance. Shit's hard out there, but don't worry because I've got you covered with your one-stop shop talking to all the best people from the hospitality industry in Southern California and beyond. And once again, we got a great Great, great interview this week. I'm super excited about it. We have Chef Jeremy Fox, CDC up at Summit House, one of the best. I I love Summit House. If you haven't been there, definitely go. We're going to talk about it some in the episode, but just look it up. Go old timey, kind of classic steak, kind of blue blazer type of restaurant. Amazing prime rib. One of my favorite on the West Coast. Uh, But Chef Fox has a brand new project that he's working on because none of us can dine in at restaurants at the moment, depending on when you're hearing this. He's launching a meal delivery service, Project 5100, that is going to bring that excitement back. Uh, Some really amazing details. It's going way above and beyond what a lot of people are doing. Not that those people aren't doing amazing things, but he's got some details which you're going to hear in this episode, which really elevate it to an entirely different level. Um, He's a great guy. He really adores food, supporting farmers. For him, it's all about kind of flavor um, and just really he embodies everything what I think a great chef is. It's somebody that it's not about the money. It's the drive to feed people and what it means to feed people. I've had a lot of great chefs on and some fantastic episodes. It kind of shame, not shame, oh my Lord, share. There we go. The same ethos as him. And I really think you're going to enjoy it. Project 5100 is a really, really exciting venture. I'm going to support it. I hope you will as well once you learn more about it in the interview. In the meantime, definitely check out Summit House. It is really, really fantastic. Or if you're staying home, do take out from there because you can. But either way. It's a great interview. I hope you enjoy it on episode 21 of the Best Seats Podcast with Chef Jeremy Fox. Hello. What's going on, Chef? How are you, bud? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Thanks for taking the time, brother. Yeah, definitely. Appreciate it. I'm happy to do it, man. I've been looking forward to getting you on the show. Appreciate it. Taking a little bit of time away. I know you're very, very busy with everything that we're going to talk about for sure. Uh, for everybody yeah. who is listening that may not be familiar with you or kind of your work with Summit House, uh, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Jeremy Fox and uh, no, not the Jeremy Fox from uh, Santa Monica, uh, <laughs> Rustic Canyon. <laughs> I get that confused. Matter of fact, uh, I ordered takeout from uh, Playground uh, not that long ago. And uh, I, I use my I use my, my email, Chef Jeremy Fox at Gmail. And, uh, 
when I arrived, uh, you know, Jason came out and he was, he was beaming and then <laughs> was super confused and gave me a bunch of free stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry, but <laughs> like, I I'll, apologize. I'll still sign your copy of on vegetables, like happy to, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's funny. But yeah, I'm, I'm uh, the chef of cuisine at uh, Summit House uh, in Fullerton. And, uh, you know, it's a very, very traditional prime house, prime rib house, uh, steakhouse. Uh, and I've been there for five years. And, and my work there has really been uh, finding more creative than anything. Um, you know, it's kind of been, it's been a stretch on my creativity because I have to find uh, find ways to uh, make something very traditional appear that it's not really changing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I've, I've worked on... Uh, on ways on how to uh, how to change without actually looking like it's changing, which so, is kind of uh, yeah, basically going back to the basics of like what are we using and how can we use it and how can we make uh, how can we make things better. I got into making vinegars and making all our scratch ingredients, basically building our menu from the from the ground up, and then lo- uh, sourcing locally. I found some really cool uh, small time farms and, and ranchers that have been able to provide for us and. It's really like if you think about it, like uh, the, the past over the past five years, like it's it's completely different, but it, noticeably it's not extremely different. Well, I mean, for anybody who hasn't dined there, Summit House is that kind of traditional prime rib sitting on top of a hill, very much kind of like blazer and khakis. It, it's got like a, a country yeah. club feel and kind of that old Hollywood right. type of way, which is something I love. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is a hard thing. <laughs> if you haven't dined there, definitely check them out because I think your food is absolutely unbelievable. And I'm a sucker for that kind of old school, like deep wooden dining room kind of panache anyway. But right. that is right. kind of hard. I mean, like, and your kitchen was flying before COVID-19 kind of shut everything down. Um, yeah. What's it been like? How have you stayed busy since? Because again, it's one thing, again, the word of like 2020 is pivot without a doubt. Uh-huh. It's one thing for somebody, like you mentioned, playground to kind of pivot and get their food to go. But you're talking about a prime rib, sit down dinner, you know, big kind of steak experience. What was it mm-hmm. like for you when this all shut down? Uh, it was, it was uh, a completely new experience for us. I mean, that was, uh, <laughs> it was, we, we've never done takeout. And, and like you said, prime rib, how do you do prime rib? You, you, you close a lid on a prime rib and start steaming, but so much of our, uh, of, of the summit house too, is so experiential. Um, it's all about, you know, people coming in and, and getting wine and dine and treating like, uh, treated like their Kings. So how do you, how do we translate that to a takeout type of setting? Um, I mean, we continue to, to really focus on the people we're celebrating. I uh, really tried to, we still included the card that, that was signed by everyone in the restaurant. Um, you know, we did our best to, uh, to make sure that prime rib was still at the temperature that we wanted it to be at. Um, and all the other food, you know, we really geared it towards how can it stay, stay the best quality once it gets home. Um, and then we really tried to re- that make that, that transaction of when you drive up. Because we're lucky we have this big, long, round curve that people can drive up. And uh, we tried to make that experience in itself. Uh, something that was pleasurable, something that people could like, uh, that, that people were able to, you know, still feel like they were special as they were driving up. So we had a, a big team that worked on that. The episode, um, so we're recording this on, what is it, July 20-something, 23rd, 24th, 23rd? 23rd, yeah. So the episode right before this one was Chef Benjamin Martinick from Studio down at Montage, and he yeah. talked about the same thing. It's They're not doing to-go, obviously, just because of the resort setting, but it is sure. that lack of service and how much service is part of the experience. 
How long did it take you guys to kind of formulate where you still were able to make the customer feel special while doing kind of that contactless drive-through? So the, I mean, the first week was uh, the first week was tough. I mean, we just because we were just thrown into it. I mean, no one had any time to really transition and, and prepare. We uh, all of a sudden we were we were just thrown into the situation. So the first week was uh, was tough. But we, you know, we have a really strong uh, team of people that have. Uh, that really get together. And so it only took us a matter about, of about a week to understand that, okay, we have to try to make this feel special. Uh, so how are we going to do it? As soon as people are driving up, you know, make them feel like, you know, greet them, greet them with a, a friendly person, um, you know, and, and really get the, the details, get to know them a little bit. Um, so that, that was, it really took us about, about a week to get the ball rolling, but then we had so many first experiences along the way. We had, we had Easter, we had Mother's Day, we had, um, you know, we do prime rib Wednesday on, on Wednesday mm-hmm. and that's a, a discount prime rib. And so, oh, so, you know, we're looking at like, you know, minimal numbers and then all of a sudden on these big days, we're just getting, we're getting huge amounts of uh, orders coming in. And so we had a lot of these first time experiences that we had to like kind of navigate through and work together. So every time we had a first time experience, it took us about a, uh, a few days to a week to really adjust and, and get back, get back in, in on our, on our game. Now, when you say huge numbers, obviously a lot of restaurants took hits as far as staff and stuff like that is concerned. I'm sure you guys were no different. But again, for the people that are listening that may not have been to Summit House, we're not talking 200 covers a night. I mean, the amount of numbers that you guys would do is staggering. What was, I mean, what was a big night for you guys pre-COVID-19? And then when you say that you would kind of get these big nights during takeouts and stuff like that, what was it like transitioning with what I can only assume was a smaller team? Yeah. So I mean, a big night for us was because we have a, we have not only a, the full dining room which can seat uh, the 400, and then we have um, I mean over the course of the night, and then we uh, we have the ballroom which can fit up to 280, and we have private dining rooms as well. So I mean, on, on a big night, we're talking about a fully booked banquet, full full reservations and, and private parties. We're looking at upwards like 800 um, people that were feeding in, in one night. So then, when we when we shut down, we obviously went down to the skeleton crew, and uh, so a big night was was like 250, and but with only with only five people, it was uh, it was it was definitely a taxing. How much time were you spending at the restaurant uh, during all of this? Like, were you pretty much just there, kind of open to close? Uh, no, I have a, I have a, a guy that gets there at eight and he does all our, all our orders, uh, or not all our orders. He, he receives everything, checks everything in. So I would get there about, about noon and, uh, we were, we had earlier hours. So I, it was actually, I had more of a normal schedule during the, uh, during the COVID time. Um, before I, you know, before I was there day and night, uh, there's just, you know, there's so much to do. And, and then once we shut down, we, we simplified the menu. Uh, we worked on you know, more cleaning. There was more nights that were slower. So I was actually uh, able to get away with more of a, a somewhat normal schedule. How are things standing now with Summit House? Because there's been so many losses already in the hospitality industry all over the U.S. Um, you know, but again, Summit House is something I look at as far as Orange County is concerned as really an institution and one of those restaurants that I think needs to stick around no matter what, if nothing else, purely for the history. And I know we've taken big hits in, you know, we've had kitchens cut down in Louisiana. New York has seen some major mm-hmm. losses, San Francisco. How does the future of Summit House kind of look right now? I mean, as best as you can speak to it. 
you know, we have a pretty large, uh, pretty large patronage like of people that that support us. So, I mean, in that regard, I, I don't feel like we haven't. I mean, we're we're not doing what we used to do, but we are. So we still have a pretty good amount of uh, of guests that that come through, and uh, so I and I, you know, they they're still very happy, and people people even we get a lot of first time. We still get a lot of first time diners that are coming in order to take out or doing the outside dining now. And uh, especially with outside dining, I mean, the views is so great that uh, people come and they're 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 always blown away by the the uh, the full service of everything. So um, I'm, I'm it doesn't appear that we ha- we're going to be uh, going into a, a I mean we're at a tough time, but it, once it clears up, I feel like we still have a future. So speaking of outdoor dining, the restaurant sits on top of this hill. You guys have arguably, I mean, unless you're playing rock, paper, scissors with what is it? Orange Hill steak. Like you guys have the best view in Orange County on a clear day. It's ridiculous. How have you guys been able to set up now that the outdoor dining has taken effect? Like how many are you able to seat and kind of what does that look like for service? So we have, we have three patios plus we have a a giant hillside, um, that, uh, overlooks Orange County. So, I mean, we, we've really been able to utilize a lot of space. Uh, we actually, the, the, if you, we have one hillside that's a little further out and we've actually set up our bar, uh, over that way. And, uh, people can actually come and, and order drinks and bring their own lawn chairs and they get, they get the limited bar menu and they're able to park out with, with spacing, uh, on the hill. And, uh, and then we also can utilize all our three patios plus, uh, the grass area on the other side of the restaurant. So we've actually been able to accommodate a pretty good amount of people safely. And, uh, I would say we're roughly serving about 200 on a, on a busy night. That's awesome. Is are you still yeah. doing, are you still doing takeout as well? And we're still doing the takeout, and that's still pretty busy. That's great. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Any of, yeah. any of the times that we do any of these recordings, you never want to hear anybody be like, yeah, we might be sinking, but that's good. Oh, I Although, know. I do want it to be, I wish I was kind of a fly on the wall the first time that you guys were sitting up chairs on the hill, because eventually a hill's going to droop. And I know that you were probably trying to get as many seats as possible. And you know that there was that conversation with somebody who was like, well, look, as long as this guy doesn't rock back, he's not going to roll down the hill. So <laughs> <laughs> no, they, I don't believe that uh, it's not, um, it's pretty level. They're on the, on, where we have people sitting down. And I imagine that would be pretty frightening with where it was like a pretty, uh, if it was a seat hill, but <laughs> we're okay in that regard. Well, I know you guys are level off. I just, you're like, can we fit four more? No. What about three? Yeah. That's fine. What about three? Come on. One more table. What else? You know. So before we jump into your new project, what else have you sure. been doing before kind of all that to stay busy when you're not at the restaurant? Oh, uh, when I'm, you know, I haven't really been leaving the house. I've been, I've been trying to do really good about doing my part about staying safe and trying to keep other people safe. So we've been doing, I mean, my wife and I have been doing a lot of home cooking. Um, I've been trying to, she's not really into, she's not really into cooking. So I've been trying to introduce her and she does more of the interior design. Um, so I mean, we've been, our house looks great and there's a lot of food in the house. Uh, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, awesome. but, uh, that's pretty much it. And then just trying to just uh, continually trying to think of what we can do at the restaurant. That's good. So let's do talk about your new project because I want to dive into this yeah. one head on because I'm super yeah. excited about this. Uh, tell me, me all about Project 5100. Cool, yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, Project Fifty One Hundred. It's uh, it's an idea that I had a while ago, actually. Um, that you know, originally I wanted to do it for catering. So the name comes from uh, Project Fifty One Hundred. As in, you do fifty percent of the work, but you get a hundred percent of the credit. And uh, I was just thinking more. Originally, I wanted to do something. This was a couple years ago. I was thinking something along the lines of catering, uh, where people could get a fully prepped uh, catering meal for you know an X amount of people, and uh, instead of having the catering service, you know, they would be able to finish it pretty easily because I'd give them not only is it only prep, like meet the mark, uh, sauce is already made, everything's ready to go. They just have to plate it up pretty much and finish it in the oven. And I thought that, you know, originally I thought that that was a couple years ago and thought, you know, this would be a, a cool idea. And I, you know, I never really, it never really went anywhere. It was just one of those ideas that kind of started and, and died off. And then once the country shut down, uh, you know, it, it kind of came to me again, and uh, but obviously we couldn't do catering because no one's getting together. So, uh, and then I was thinking about you know this takeout movement that we have going on, and sometimes I'm, you know, my wife and I have gotten a lot of takeout, and you know, there's times where you know it's cold and you have to reheat it or something. You know, the chef doesn't get to put the finesse that he wants into it. Um, so then I thought, why not bring the restaurant to people? You know, I used to do a lot of uh, private dinners for uh, on the side. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's kind of the same, kind of the same method where, uh, I would prep everything in my, you know, prep everything before I get there and everything's ready to garnishes, you know, sauce is ready, meats are, you know, marked that they have to be and, and whatnot. And then I could finish it at the, at a guest house pretty easily because, you know, regardless of the way the kitchen is set up. And so that was what, what kind of prompted it was, you know, thinking, okay, if, uh, if a guest wants fine dining or if they want a nice, a quality meal, you know, then the best way is to get it the first time that it's finished, you know? And, uh, that's when I thought, you know, why not, why don't I start something where I'm prepping everything and a person can get, receive all the content, all the garnishes, everything they want, complete written instructions. Um, you know, it's easy step-by-step. I give you cookware and everything. I mean, yeah. it's pretty convenient. And, uh, and then they can create restaurant quality food, minimally with with them with minimal ease and uh minimal cleanup and then the rest of it the the uh you know the supporting local the scratch made everything the the uh partnering with nonprofits. that's just that's everything that i've always believed that uh in, that's involved with our industry and involved with food and, and the way that food can actually reach other people and support other people that's always just been something i believe and uh so it's these are these are quality meals that are fully prepped completely locally sourced, completely scratch made. And, uh, you know, I partner with nonprofits. Um, and I, the, the first one I'm starting with is one that I've done some work with. And, uh, you know, I used to really try to get my kitchen to, I, and at the summit house, we used to do serve days. We'd go to like the rescue mission or we'd do like uh, cooking classes for the emancipated youth home, uh, in Fullerton. So it's been something I just wanted, when I started something, I knew that I wanted that to be in the foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, and and not something that was brought in at a later time, but I wanted to be starting with that in the foundation of the business. So, so I, that's I, kind of it in a nutshell. I want to unpack it a little more because I th- think, with all due respect to you, you're making it sound simpler than it is. And one of the fun things about COVID that's been amazing to see is the amount of people in the hospitality industry that have stepped up and have done maybe not something to the scale, but something along these lines where they're like, Hey, like again, a prior episode that I had was, you know, Josh Lozano who 
completely mm-hmm. broke out doing these Basque cheesecakes. And now right. I don't know if he's ever going to get back on the line again because he's just crushing yeah. it, making these Basque cheesecakes. And he yeah. might, he might, I mean, he was, a, again, he, he skipped the sourdough trend and went straight to these amazing, you know, desserts. But you've also uh-huh. seen bartenders that have done this where they'll be batching cocktails um, and they'll, mm-hmm. you know, drop them off the whole nine yards. And there's mm-hmm. this level of love that you see between the packaging and like handwritten notes and the whole nine yards that yeah. I think really does kind of emphasize that, which is probably something that's been going on in the hospitality industry for a while, is that you lose that lack of connection when you do takeout. And I know that everybody's mm-hmm. doing it to survive, but you're right. You know, sometimes takeout containers are just the worst because whatever food you open yeah. up, you need to open it up right away because you're getting condensation, you're getting all these different things, things mm-hmm. need to reheat. And you know that that's not how the restaurant wanted it presented. The chef didn't want it presented right. that way. So right. let's tackle the first thing first, because there's so many other layers that you've told me about to 5,100 that I cannot wait to talk about more. Let's talk about the biggest yeah. animal in the room, packaging. Packaging. Yeah. So, I mean, I got a, what I, what I found was really cool. Uh, they're, they're recyclable insulated tote bags that are, uh, that are lined with the uh, insulated liners. And uh, I'm able to pack the full menu into those tote bags, and then all everything comes in. Uh, well, it's either the deli cups, or it's, if it's something that's going in the oven, it comes in a recyclable uh, oven pan. That then you would just be able to wrap. Let's say it's like a faro, like a, the first menu I'm doing faro, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to reheat it. So um, you put you just put a little water inside the recycling inside the the tin, wrap it, pop it in the oven. Um, you take it out like you're, this time we're going to be talking with a, a spinach puree. So it's a spinach, spinach and ancient grains that are locally sourced. But like all that, basically what's, what's happened is everything, everything that you're getting in is, is like recyclable. It's not hot. So, uh, there's no condensation building up. It's yeah. all packed with ice. Um, it's going to go into the oven and come out hot and come out the way that I want it. You know, I wanted it to come out. Um, and I guide you through all that. There's even, uh, I have a uh, broiler pans. Uh, I found recyclable, recyclable broiler pans that are, you know, that they're almost act as a uh, sheet pan grate with the, uh, with the uh, sheet pan racks because they're indented. So you can get that air circulating around like, let's say it's a chicken or a filet and you want the, uh, the heat to come along the bottom side uh, and cooking evenly. So I found broiler pans that are, that are recyclable that, that I'm giving you with each package too. So, I mean, it's, it looks, it's clean. It looks good. You can fit a lot into those bags. Uh, you pack them. You can pack them with ice, and uh, and and it's pretty convenient. I mean, food delivery is nothing new. Even stuff that you have to cook, obviously. Like I just got sent a one of those kind of pre-made boxes just this last week. I think it was HelloFresh, mm-hmm. where it's, and again, yeah. those ingredients are raw. You put it together, you cook it. You're talking about something where a lot of the hard work is already taken out. You're not just talking a meal kit. You are talking like a high-end restaurant experience that you get to mm-hmm. create at home and you get the credit for if yeah. food network for all the bad that it's gotten has given us some good it's taught us that people are and i'm guilty of this too we are really <laughs> stupid how much time are you spending <laughs> on instructions like how much like how right. detailed are you typing these things out right now no they're they're detailed i mean i'm spending a lot of time they, they go through absolutely uh they go from step one all the way to uh through plating and I mean, I talk about, I mean, I do first things first. I go first, start your oven. Okay. Next plate up, you know, <laughs> you have <laughs> you to, I'm laughing, but you have I know. to, people are like, Oh shit, it's I should have started that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I always put on the first thing, first thing first, start your oven, get it, get it going. 
So while you're, then, then I tell them to organize everything, you know, organize by course, get your ingredients for first course, get your ingredients for second course, plate up your butter, let it start getting soft. You know, if you're using, if I got something like honey, mm-hmm. you know, pull that out, let it get up to room temperature, you know, put your, put your chicken on, on your roasting pan, put your filet, let it start getting up to room temperature so that when you start cooking it, it cooks evenly. And, uh, you know, I, I literally guide them the way that, I, the way that, you know, I would think in a restaurant, you know, how I would, how I would be preparing food. Uh, more, it's more for like, a, it's almost like preparing food for like private, for like a private party or event. Cause on the line, everything's fire, mm-hmm. quick fire. But, uh, but when you're doing a private event and you prep stuff, uh, cause you know, the counts or whatnot, you know, you always have to think about, am I bringing things up to temperature? Uh, am I bringing it up to, do I have to let it get to room temperature before putting the oven? Okay. What's the timing going to look like? And I, I coordinate the timing so that you're, while you're placing everything in the oven, um, you know, everything comes out at the same time, or I even have, I, I go one of two routes. You can, and I tell you, you can choose this route. Or you can choose this route. One is you finish everything on time and serve it all at the same time. Two, you start with your first course. And if you want, uh, I tell you how to have your second course hot. So by the time you're finished with your first course. So, I mean, I can, it's really like, they're really thorough. I, when you get, you get a, you get a brochure that's about, uh, it's, it's threefold. And I use, I use tiny writing and, and uh, have to fill it all, but I also have a link to uh, to on a, to a web page that has the the details, all the same details all laid out. But uh, yeah, they're very thorough. <laughs> For those people that really really miss restaurants, is there going to be like a like a first night sous chef edition where you're like, okay, after you've plated the entree, go out back, flip a milk crate, have a cigarette, like <laughs> wink, 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 at, wink at the hostess, and then get back on the goddamn line. Oh, dude, I didn't even think chug a Red Bull, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those cold fries? Yeah, no, they're yours. That's on the pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Make sure you find a trash can and eat them over. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, gosh, that's great. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's a real life experience. And yeah, exactly. Ex- so, when you were telling me about this, too, before we talk about what kind of food you're serving, because I, I don't think that that can be understated in its quality enough, you are yeah. building an experience as well, because you were mentioning uh-huh. some details about when people order this that it goes beyond just the instructions and how to plate it. Can you expand right. a little bit more on kind of the entire package of Project Fifty One Hundred? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, th- there's a uh, there's a lot. I mean, it's really like it's almost like a when I was first telling you about it I, after I read what I what I wrote, I was like, oh my gosh, this, I feel like I'm going on for forever. No, but that, uh, that's why it's so exciting. I mean, everything you told yeah. me, I'm like, oh shit, he's not just like going to deliver a meal. Like he's going to feed you really well. You're going to get all the credit. Yeah. And depending on what playlist he picks, like you could get late at the end. Like this is going to be a great yeah. meal service. Like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You get the whole nine yards. I mean, <laughs> and so uh, I, uh, I literally, I wanted to bring the restaurant to people. So I, I what I did was I, I, uh, I, you get links on, on how to do everything. I have a, a link on how to uh, set, set a nice dinner table, a formal dinner, dinner table. And it has videos on there that show you how to do napkin folds. Uh, I, you know, I tell you, uh, I, I, in the 5,100 supper club package, uh, it, I give, I provide a link that has all, not only the video instructions, so I show you video, video on a video, how to do the entire package, but I also provide a link to a playlist. And the first playlist I'm doing, uh, is jazz and, uh, it's, it, it goes really well with the, you, you didn't like, you light a candle, you get that jazz playlist going is really cool. I also, uh, so you have the, you have the table set up, you have the music, you have, um, uh, I even provide date night, like, uh, like, you know, suggestions on what would make a great date night. 
um, you know, check, watch this movie afterwards, you know, go out and go out and look at the stars and, and, you know, listen to this song or something, you know, like there's different things that, that really tie this all together to make it really an, an experience, a restaurant experience that you want, you can't get necessarily at this point in time. Uh, and then also, you know, I, I always ask, you know, what are you celebrating? Anything? Are, you, are you celebrating a birthday, anniversary, graduation, this, that, and I can really gear towards, uh, what people are celebrating and, and make that, make that a moment for them. So it's, it's yeah, like like you said, it's very experiential. I'm 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 excited to. Uh, it's kind of like a loophole uh, loophole of starting a restaurant without actually having a brick and mortar. <laughs> well, that's kind of why it's so exciting. It's basically you're not just doing like if a home delivery meal kit. You're doing a DIY pop up, like basically, yeah. like you're basically doing like no no no. You are going to do fifty percent of the work, but I've already made the beurre blanc and all these other things. You just right. have to not fuck it up, like, yeah. and you're going to have a great Which time, is, right. <laughs> Yeah, it was, my uh, my wife and and, she, and her friend did a trial run, and that was what her friend her friend kept saying. Like, this is so much fun. It feels like I'm at like a, a one of those one of those paint classes where you know where where the girlfriends get <laughs> yeah, together yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and they're like watching the YouTube and they're, and they're painting and drinking wine. Yep. And uh, it's kind of like you know they get to they get to create something and try to try to mimic the plating that I'm doing uh, that I show you, but I'll show you step by step too how to plate. Um. So you know. Are tweezers for, for included someone, or is the plating going to be okay? I was, I, thinking, I, don't, I, don't I was thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking, I was almost thinking about including Cause I, I include ring mold. Um, that's amazing. You know, you know, I have uh, you're going to get a ring mold if you need it. Um, I was thinking, I was trying to find like a, a tweezers that were affordable. I haven't found them yet, but maybe, maybe down the road we'll get some tweezers in there. <laughs> I almost feel like I was that starting be, out. <laughs> no, keep going. Sorry. Oh no! I was I was I was doing the example playlist yesterday uh, for promotional, and and I was using my fingers to try to be, uh, you know, relevant. And uh, but about halfway through, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I need my tweezers." <laughs> I feel so. like you need to look into another tier where there's like a middle-aged white Frenchman who's included, and he says, he, <laughs> and he says he's from Michelin, and he just sits there and judges you the entire yeah. time. Yeah, gosh, that was, <laughs> sounds all right. So you get the you get the whole uh, the whole restaurant experience. You get the chef's experience. That's oh uh, that's what we'll call that one. <laughs> and we're gonna yelp you after. <laughs> yes. Oh god. So oh let's talk about the food proper because yeah. again the experience is one thing, but obviously everybody's there to eat and have a meal. You're not just talking about you know salmon over lentils. Let's break down no. what kind of food are you talking. So again, it starts. I, I should mention first off, when is this? We're launching what middle of August is what you told me. Um. Yeah, officially it's going to be, uh, I'm going to start August 17th, which means the, the deliveries will be the weekend of uh, August 21st to 23rd. And uh, I will be taking pre-orders uh, August 1st. Um, so that's uh, just so I can gauge what I'm going to be, how much I'm going to be doing and, and uh, kind of my first steps is because this is all this is all going to be starting from, from the ground up. So uh, yeah, officially launch August 17th, but pre-orders will open up August 1st. And you'll and if you go, take orders through the week and then deliveries are on the weekend? Yeah. So that's how it's going to work. I will, uh, you can order the, uh, the, the Supper Club. I kind of need to know by Tuesday. So I'm going to cut off orders by Tuesday on the Supper Club. But the Golden State Series, uh, you can order all the way up through Thursday. Um, and I, it's, it's going to be a set amount. So I, just because uh, I'm, I'm still working at, at the Summer House. So yeah. to be able to. You don't want to bury yourself. Right, exactly. So it's gonna. I'm, I'm gonna start off see what see what I'm doing, and if I need to increase with time, I'll 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 continue to um, be able to sell more 
at, at a certain point. But I, again, I, the one thing that I, I never want to compromise quality with volume. Like I would, I would rather keep it small and be able to do it all right than to ever have to, than to do more, uh, to try to make more money and, and compromise the quality. That's always been a, a thing in mind. Like I, I mean, we do volume at the restaurant, but I, I always believe that I would rather do something that I really can't have total control of the way it's going to end up. Before, so. before we jump into the food, because you mentioned something that I forgot to ask about, you mentioned tiers. So are you launching with two, mm-hmm. two different levels? Can you break them down really quick? Sure. Yeah. So there's uh, the Golden State series. That's going to be uh, $70 uh, a package, which is, which comes, and that comes with, that's a meal for two. That comes with a uh, first course, uh, a main course. You get bread, provide, uh, bread from mostly baking company and butter. Uh, there's always a post dinner gift. Uh, that comes with every every package. So it's two courses, bread and butter, uh, post-dinner gift, and the full set of instructions with links to how to make the dinner table. And, uh, you know, uh, and it's all locally sourced, scratch made everything. The second tier is called the 5100 Supper Club. And that's the, uh, that's really the, the, the whole shebang. That's the, that's the whole fine dining uh, experience. I mean, they're both, they're both good experiences, but this is the one that I provide the playlist, the video tutorial. You get uh, three courses plus an amuse-bouge. You get, um, uh, you get the date suggestion, you get the post dinner gift, you get bread and butter. And then also a, full, uh, a portion of all sales from the 5100 Supper Club get donated to a local nonprofit that I'm partnering with. So, uh, so those are the two tiers. The, the 5100 Supper Club runs about 140 um, but there's also finer ingredients like first menu has lox and caviar mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to keep, uh, keep, you know, keep, I'm on, I want that to be, you know, you, it's worth what you're it's worth, what you're paying for. Absolutely. So yeah. you, you mentioned lox and caviar for the supper club. So obviously we're already talking kind of an upper echelon of food. So to go with the emphasis of what kind of experience people are paying for, again, I, I think like a box of HelloFresh is something like 75 for three meals. So those are three yeah. meals, kind of average. You're talking about a really, really great experience. What kind of meals are you kind of planning already? Uh, yeah, so they're, uh, I mean, it's not, you know, I always think like the, the HelloFresh or like Blue Apron is always like one skillet type, type of meals. Exactly, um, yeah. Bare minimum, yeah, like, just keep it easy, and it's meh ingredients at best. Yeah. Uh, these are also like the uh, the first menu for the Golden State Series is, uh, I mean, it's local, uh, Local beets and tomatoes, which uh, I, if you go on if you go on my Instagram, I actually just uh, just showed a sneak peek of the first menu. Uh, it's at at project fifty one hundred or at project fifty one hundred. But uh, yeah, so we're doing a uh, it's a it's a local. I mean, roasted roasted beets and heirloom tomatoes. Uh, it's got Cypress Grove uh, natural goat cheese, um, basil, uh, and then uh, a scratch. I do I make a scratch made uh, tomato vinegar. And we do a tomato, tomato vinegar and shallot emulsion. And it looks really pretty on the plate. I mean, so that's a very, like, I would say it's kind of like a contemporary California cuisine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, you know, it looks really, really good. And those flavors really, you know, you don't typically think of like beets and beets and tomatoes, but you'd be surprised. It's a very good combo. Um, I, really good. Look, and then I, I think beets and goat cheese gets a bad rap. I think it's freaking delicious. It's delicious for a reason. There's a reason that a lot of people put it on menus. I think a lot of people do yeah. it wrong on menus, but I think yeah. it's delicious. And there's a reason it works. Yeah. It's adult peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. And the tomatoes really add this nice, like, round acid to uh, to the beets. It's really, it's 
really good. But uh, anyways, that, so yeah, so that's a, so and then the uh, the main course for the uh, for the Golden State series is uh, I work with a farm in uh, Paris. He's a all organic free range chicken farmer, and he's uh, his name is Pat, uh, Craig Patterson. We're Patterson Family Organic Chicken. And he's not really, he doesn't, we were the first restaurant. Some, when I found him, he was so excited because Summer House was the first restaurant to ever feature his, his chicken. But he's got such a great operation. He has a hatchery on site and uh, he monitors his birds all the way from birth. And, uh, he, you know, he doesn't use any, like, uh, he doesn't clean them with any bleach or, or vinegar or anything like that. They're, they're clean really naturally. They've got a really good flavor to them. Um, so I, I'm featuring him on, on the first menu. And it's a honey lavender glazed, uh, mm. you know, Patterson Farm uh, rotisserie chicken, and that's that's kind of coated with little uh, ground lavender and Szechuan peppercorn. Uh, over, uh, I'm getting the ancient grains from uh, Rancho Llano up in uh, Chico, and uh, they have some. They do a bunch of really cool ancient grains, and um, I'm serving. So it's, it's uh, chick, honey lavender glazed chicken over farro, uh, farro and spinach, and then I'm going to work with. Uh, I know a couple mushroom farmers uh, around the area. There's one called Kane Family uh, Farms, and they're in La Habra Heights, and they do uh, local organic, organic mushrooms. And there's the Fungus Brothers that are always parked up uh, at the uh, Orange County Homegrown. Yeah, those guys. Someone awesome. works with both of them. Yeah, awesome. they're yeah. really cool. Yeah, so that's like so that's kind of the idea behind you know they're they're definitely like they're creative, they're high quality. They're all locally sourced, and uh, you know what, what I'm not what I'm not sourcing. I'm, I'm making I'm making in the kitchen, so it's uh it's very you know it's a very California driven style style dining. What are um, the, what and are then, the, oh no, sorry, keep going. Oh, I was going to say the bread the bread's coming from OC Baking Company. Dean Kim, great uh, guy, love him. Yeah, he's super cool. And I'm going to make a cultured butter that goes with that. So uh, you know, again, like I said, just all local. One of the things that I like most about you is you're such a champion for local farms. And I think that one of the defining qualities that I think about a great chef is it's not so much about their name on the menu. It's about the people that make the products that make up those dishes on the menu. Um, how, like, how are you finding these farms? I mean, you talked about, again, the person who's doing your chicken is all that, you know, what did you say is in Paris? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, not close. I mean, I mean, anybody right now listening, pull over to the side of the road, open Google Maps and Google Paris. It's not close. How are you finding these <laughs> farmers to kind of champion and get their products out there? Dude, you know, I, it's, it's been, uh, when I first started getting into it, I, I, I went to uh, Tanaka Farm uh, back in like a while ago. And um, it's just kind of, I, I kind of find them. I, I follow a lot of chefs on, uh, on social media. Mm-hmm. And I kind of see, I kind of see who different people are using. And then, uh, sometimes I'll go and I'll go in, uh, the different farmers markets and I'll find, he, he set up at a Long Beach, at, at the Long Beach farmers market. And so, uh, I, you know, I've just been really lucky in finding, finding a lot of these people, the black sheep farms who we use for produce. Uh, I think it was, uh, um, it was chef Brady at, at Haven that I, he was using their figs and, and I looked into it and then I built this relationship with Edgar and he's just he's incredible. I mean, the, the amount of quality and variety that he has and his farming practices. I mean, I've gone out to the farm a couple of times and he's just got such a unique approach to, uh, to farming. I mean, it doesn't look, it's nothing like nothing mind blowing, but like there's certain things that he uses natural, the way things grow as in like a natural greenhouse. And, and uh, it's just, it's really cool to watch the way, watch, watch these people do what they do best and then to be able to, uh, to feature them. 
uh, Simple Creek. I've, they're they're kind of known, but uh, I've always I found them at you know at Electric City Butcher, mm-hmm. and uh, followed up with uh, just reached out to them and started talking to them, and we used them a couple times at the restaurant. And uh, I mean, they have such a cool uh, approach. They they do the whole uh, biodiversity. Um, trying to just have such a diverse uh, ranch going where, where it promotes a healthy ecosystem. Uh, it's very like super sustainable. Um, the way that they, their, their practice, same with, uh, Rancho Llano Seco. They, uh, they have the same, they work with, they work with, uh, conservationists. So it's kind of like, it's, it's a, it's a mix of between like, uh, just finding, you know, once I, it's kind of like when you, when you tap in more doors open up, and I've just kind of always gone down and kept searching and looking and finding and trying. And uh, the people that I've found have been over the course of you know, five years and uh, since I've been at the Summit House. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy with where, with, with finding everyone. Well, I think it's one of the best parts about what Project 5100 is, is you're not just providing a great experience, you know, impeccable packaging instructions, you know, options, things like that. And you're not just benefiting nonprofits. You're also supporting producers. And I think that there's been a lot Mm -hmm. of talk rightfully so about supporting restaurants during the COVID-19 shutdown, you know, independent restaurant, I think it's coalition or support group, whatever it is that's been petitioned Mm -hmm. Congress. There's been so many great outspoken voices, people like Tom Colicchio, Dave Chang, but Mm -hmm. you know, being able to actually not just support, the nonprofit, but support these producers because for all the talk about restaurants, it's all the people that are making the great food that goes into it that I think are getting left behind. Yeah. And you have the big commercial ones and you have, you know, the Ruth Chris's type of people that, you know, rightfully so a lot of people are finally kind of writing off, but it's those small farmers that are really getting crushed. So I think there's this whole other side to project 5100 that you're really championing that I, I just think is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I really, that's what, I mean, basically when it comes down to it, it's a giant coalition of, uh, giant coalition of people that are trying to bring experience to people and 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 that's what uh, that's what that's what that's what gets me excited I, when i when i start thinking about the the circle that it's, it's kind of forming uh you know it's uh it's it's because it's not just it's not me it's, it's a bunch of people mm-hmm. that are really partnering up with me to uh to get this thing going so one of the biggest parts to any great meal is obviously what you're also drinking with it. Are you looking into things like wine pairings or like drink recommendations, yeah. like talking with bartenders or sommeliers about that? Yeah. So I am, I'm, we're doing wine pairings. Um, and I have this, there's this little shop in, uh, in, in Whittier called Sala Coffee and Wine. And, uh, they have, uh, the guy there has an impeccable palate. I mean, it is the cool, like, and he's got, he's got this wide variety of like, uh, just off the beaten path wine. And he knows, every detail about every wine and you go to him and he, he, he sees the menu. He thinks about the menu. He tries the menu. And then all of a sudden just like throws you this wine that, that like I've never, you know, that, that's really not, not your mainstream type of wine and it pairs phenomenally. So he's, uh, he's going to be working with me, um, to pair up these menus and, uh, and we're going to, I mean, so the, you're going to get one wine, or you, you, it's, a, it's, an, it's an upgrade, but you get one wine. Uh, we're going to pair one wine with the Golden State Series and, and two wines with the uh, 5100 Supper Club. That's unreal, man. I Just like the quality for the value is insane to me. I, you know, I, yeah. think, I think people see delivery services like that and there's a little bit of initial sticker shock. They're like, ooh, it's 200 bucks. I'm like, okay, but go to any good restaurant. You're going to do that plus tip. And while you should rightfully be tipping and tipping out your ass, especially now, that's mm-hmm. a hell of a value. 
I mean, so this is yeah. not like this almost sounds like it's not about making money for you so much. It is providing a service that's been stripped from so many people. Yeah. That's a, that, you know, that's kind of ties into, you know, it, it's really not about, uh, it, cause after I was doing, after I was doing the math, it's not really going to, it's not about making the money. Um, it's about really just like feeling fulfilled, <laughs> fulfilled with, with cooking and fulfilled with, with the food service industry. And just like, uh, you know, I said this, like I say, I say this on the website. It's like, it just encompasses everything I value about food and the way I feel food can, can nourish people and not just nourish the people that are eating it, but it can nourish, you know, the small farmers, can nourish, you know, small businesses, uh, just a bunch, you know, this, it can, it can have its reach in, in so many different directions. And that's what, that's what's cool. It's just food, you know, it's food. Yeah. Like, and we can really outstretch our arms and, and go, you know, in a bunch of different directions. I love it. It is awesome, man. It's one of my favorite things about it. Well, yeah. as we start to wind down, I do want to ask the kind of obligatory chef question. But again, most magazines like to gloss over this, but we all know that it's kind of basically where like your friends are at. You mentioned that you've been doing a lot of takeout. Like, who are some people that you think are doing takeout aside from Summit House, obviously, where people should go and dine? Um, who are some other people that you think are just crushing it right now that people should go and support? Oh man. Um, so we've had, we've had really good takeout from, uh, Haven in orange. Um, we've had really good takeout from, from playground, um, in, in Santa Ana. Uh, where else? I have, we have a little ramen shop that we really, that we really like to go to and they do, they, they do it really well where they, they have their noodles and, and their broth packaged separately. And then you, Ooh, you nice. take it home and, yeah, it works out really well. It's called Huntington Ramen and Fullerton. Um, and they're doing they're doing a really good job. Those are typically our, our top three That's awesome. uh, that that we've done. Yeah, it's been it's been and, you know for the whole for the whole thing of takeout. Like obviously, I'd much rather go dine in, but I'm not I'm not upset with you know the way people are doing it. No, a lot of people are doing a really good job. Yeah, and I think that again at this point it's survival and support. So any kind yeah. of little critiques that may have existed in the past, it's, it's definitely time to kind of shelf those for now and just make sure that people yeah. see their way to the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is awesome, man. I'm so excited for project 5,100. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, but if people want to follow you or follow project 5,100, where can they find those at? Uh, they can go to my, uh, primarily I haven't Facebook, but I'm not, I haven't really had the time to, uh, get that up and running, but my, my Instagram, is where I'm kind of doing all my uh, promotion, like uh, inf informative posts, and get, trying to get people in, in the in the loop of what what it's all about. And that's at Project Fifty One Hundred. Uh, they can also go to my website uh, www.projectfiftyonehundred.com. And then, and for that, you have to for both of those, you have to spell fifty. So it's Project, and then spell the word fifty, gotcha. and then the, the number is one hundred. Yeah. What about you? People want to stalk you and bother you and DM you about Prime Rib. <laughs> Yeah, you can find me. I'm at uh, at, at chef.j.fox, which I, I, I changed because it was originally uh, at Chef Jeremy Fox underscore OC. But I was like, you know what? I'm always going to compete with Jeremy Fox in, in L.A. <laughs> should mention, by the way, great chef. And if you're looking for stuff to cook, definitely get his book on vegetables because the guy is one of the best that we have in the West. So it's not the worst yeah. name you could be associated with. Yeah. I mean, it could, look, no. These days you could have squirrel in your name and then you'd be screwed. So... <laughs> <laughs> Which I looked at, I found out. Oh my gosh, I was so blown away by that. Um, yeah, that's a rabbit well, that's hole. Another, that's another. Yeah, that's another. As that's soon another as conversation. It, no, if you're listening with this, and you want to it, waste man. four hours of your life. Go Google <laughs> Squirrel Jam after this, and you will go down a yeah. dark, dark, fruity rabbit hole. 
<laughs> oh man, I was I was blown away. But anyways, yeah, Chef Jeremy Fox. On the other hand, he's he's incredible. I've I've followed that guy for for a long time. Oh, I feel like you have to. The first time, just the name yeah, alone. The, the first, <laughs> actually, he, his uh his profile picture uh, used to be him. I because I wear a lot of trucker hats, and and uh, his profile picture originally was him, and it was kind of like from his eyebrows up in a tr- in a trucker cap. And uh, my wife, when she she thought that I was like uh. Cause she looked me up and we, cause we, we met on a film set when a, a long time ago. And so, and, um, she, we were on, we were working together and then she went home and looked me up and thought I was lying about my age. So I was, I was actually in my, in my forties or <laughs> she <didn't realize laughs> that. Like, you're married. You have kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's been a, it's been a challenge from day one. <laughs> Oh man. Well, dude, I'm so appreciative for the time. I hope you guys keep crushing it at Summit House. I love the restaurant and I should mention it. And this you. is, this is not just that you're on the podcast unbiasedly. It is my favorite prime rib I've had on the West coast, even outside of Thank house you. of prime rib. So suck on that San Francisco. Wow. I, know, I know there's a big word now. All right. The table side service is one thing, but I love the prime rib that you guys do. So I'm, I'm Thank completely you. partial to that. And dude, project, uh-huh. project 5100, I think is just going to be amazing. And I hope that anybody Thank who's you. listening to this jumps in and pre-orders the hell out of it because I am extremely excited for the entire experience. Again, like providing food for somebody is amazing in itself, but being able to give back that sense of kind of dining out, even when you're dining in is, I think it's an absolutely fantastic concept and I'm really fired up for it. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm excited for it too. Happy to do it, brother. Well, man, I'm going to let you go. I know you got a busy week ahead of you. Weekend almost being Thursday and all that. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for the time, my man. And I hope you stay well. Definitely. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Happy to do it, brother. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. See ya. Yeah, that was Chef Jeremy Fox of Summit House and the soon coming project 5100 i hope you enjoyed episode 21 of the best seats podcast remember for more content just like this you can go to thebestseats.com depending on when you're hearing this the blog is back up and it is firing and it is going to be better than ever and there is some hot tea coming to it because there is drama all around orange county and some great news some bad news and everything in between So be sure to check out thebestseats.com. Be sure if you're listening to this and you like the episode to leave a nice review. If you didn't like it, please don't leave a nice review. Just delete it and move on, and I'll do better next time. Remember, if I got anything wrong in the show, interviews, and anything else, you can always go to thebestseats.com slash you're wrong and send a nicely worded email, and I will fix it on the next episode. And as always, be sure to check out patreon.com slash thebestseats for more content just like this. Thank you to Chef Jeremy Fox. Thank you to everybody for listening, and I'll see you next time. The Best Seats Podcast is an original production of The Best Seats. It is written, edited, produced, and owned by myself, Robert McCarthy, founder and owner of The Best Seats. It is recorded in Aliso Viejo, California. It is subsidized through generous donations through patreon.com slash the best seats. The following are names that have subscribed at the highest tier, aka norm status, and thus allow me to produce the show each and every episode. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Here are the supporters. Katie Kazzie, Eric Lutz, Serena Warino, Talia Samuels, Cheryl McCarthy. Thank you for your support.